You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is the Blue Horseshoe with your host, George Brummer and Ryan Hickey. We thank Alec for joining us. Make sure you're always subscribing and downloading to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. One thing, George, I found very fascinating that Alec said later uh, later on in the interview, I think it's going to really be a big key and a big discussion point all season long, was asking him about what his goals are for this season, right? Is it like a target number? Do you want to get like 50 catches, hundred, you know, 500 yards? And he said he wants to be a guy that is relied upon in the offense, where if it's a third down, you can look to him and say, hey, I can count on Alec Pierce to make a play. That is really the theme and the biggest question, right, when it comes to this offense, especially the wide receiver position. Who can you count on? Who can you rely on? You really hope Alec having that mindset, he can develop into that. If so, that's going to be a huge, huge boost to this Colts offense. As you know, later on in the season, the game is going to get more important, and those third, fourth downs are going to become ever critical and ever crucial. Yeah, I think that's the biggest question on this team, right? I mean, after Michael Pittman, who's going to make a play? Who do you feel comfortable with in the red zone? Who do you feel comfortable with, like you said, on third and in, in an intermediate length? You know what I mean? Uh, there isn't anybody that's done it. You don't have Jack Doyle around. You don't have T.Y. Hilton around. You don't have guys in the past that kind of had that resume. And so for a rookie to stand up and say, I'll, I'll take that on my shoulders, I think is important. You know, it, it, at least it, it gives you an insight into his his mindset. He's been that way really since he got here. You know, he, he's, he's an interesting mix of being humble you know, he's not out there saying, I'm, I'm going to be rookie of the year. I'm going to be in the Pro Bowl. Uh, but at the same time, kind of understanding, hey, he's an important link to this team. They need Alec Pierce to have a consistent season for this offense to get where it wants to be. Absolutely. And, too, you look, you go back to last year, one of the faults for this team is that lack of a second receiver ever really developing, right? Anytime it was a third down, you knew Carson Wentz was looking one way. It was Michael Pittman Jr., Michael Pittman Jr., and then only for the most part, Michael Pittman Jr. from the receiver perspective, right? Because there's really no second guy. And even though T.Y. Hilton was out there, especially last year, he's kind of a shell of himself, you know, struggled to get on the field. So this has been an issue for the Colts now for the last few years of getting a second reliable receiver. You were hoping Paris Campbell was going to develop into that. That has not worked so far. And Parker has been able to stay on the field. You're right. I love Alec Pierce having that mindset. And it's even more impressive for him, too, because it's not like he was on this Colts team last year and knew, hey, this is a big weakness. This is something that I saw that I want to kind of fill the void. This isn't coming as a rookie and saying, look, I'm right here. I'm ready to contribute. I'm ready to take on the responsibility of being a big-time receiver. And part of the responsibility of being a big-time receiver is winning one-on-one battles. And now if he, if he succeeds early on, you're going to get more matchups that are going to be tougher. You know, defense is going to start scheming and game planning for Alec. I like, like I said, it's... It's the confidence that he can take on the role, but it's also the motivation of being, I want to fill this. This is what the team needs. I'm ready to go out here and and truly kind of, you know, show you what I got. Yeah, I just think I'd like to see that because that's the first question you always have with rookies is, you know, how how hungry are they to compete? They all want to come in and succeed, but how hungry are they to put the work in? You know what I mean? To go out there and, and do the things it takes to get that success. And I don't think there's any question about that with Ali Pierce. And the other thing too, George, is, like, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, I want to get 1,000 yards in my first year. Oh, yeah, I want to get, like, 75 catches. But also part of, like, those goals, not knocking them per se, but also part of it is timing, right? Like, 
you can have 100 yards in the first half. But if this game's tied 31-31 and it's third and five, you know, and you don't make a play, well, I don't care that you had 120 yards in the first half. It's like that's, you know, that's where, you know, you really got to show your worth and really need to uh, step up and improve. So you can get to those benchmarks of whatever yards and touchdowns and catches you want to set. If you're a rookie kind of saying that's my goal. But also, too, it's also how you get there, right? A lot of people, it's funny, being in the national the national media, as I am at CBS Sports Radio here, a lot of the talk about Carson Wentz, right? If there are people optimistic on the commanders is, well, look at Carson Wentz last year, 27 touchdowns, seven picks. That's a great ratio. Like, he'll be fine. But it's also, too, when do those touchdowns come? As we know, a lot of them came in the first half. A lot of the times... Outside really the 49ers game and outside of the Cardinals game, the Colts needed a big drive late in the game. The Colts needed to answer a big scoring drive from another team. They weren't getting it. And the the one or two times they did, it was on the back of Jonathan Taylor. Now, this is you know an opportunity where, again, Pierce kind of talking about I wouldn't be the guy relied upon. It's almost that mindset that the Colts need this year because the numbers are going to be relevant. It's can you win those one-on-one battles? We've seen this team in close games recently in the last year or two fail to come through on the other side. That's going to be huge now as you get to the third and fourth quarter of these games, and especially now the third and fourth quarter of the season. Guys got to make them play, stepping up in the big moments. Yeah, again, to me, the biggest number from last year is two and five and one score games. I mean, you finish nine and eight, and you're one game out of the playoffs, and you were two and five and one score games, and it goes back to exactly what you were talking about. Those moments in the in the fourth quarter where you need a drive and you don't get it done. You know, or or there's an interception or something catastrophic right. happens, you know, and 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 takes you out of the game. So um it's not one guy, obviously. It's it's not one player that's gonna change that. Uh Alec Pierce can't do it alone. But having a guy like that and having a mindset like that, you know, maybe it wears off on some of the other guys in the on the offense too. I mean, if you see the rookie going out there and working like that, it's hard as a veteran not to match that. Uh you're not gonna stick around very long if you don't. Absolutely. Absolutely right. Especially with so many Colts outside of Michael Pittman Jr. on kind of the same playing field in terms of inexperience, not a lot of production, not a lot of impact. Right. It's hard not to be motivated if that's his attitude and he's coming in saying, look, I want to be the guy third down. You can look my way and trust me that I'm going to make a play in order to keep the chains moving and keep our team in position to win. That's for sure. So wide receiver, George, obviously is going to be a big question all year round. Now that we have the rosters finalized after cut day has come and gone on Tuesday, we gave our reaction to not only the moves that were made, but also some of the players that were lost as well. But now for the most part, right, changes can be made, but for the most part, we have an identity and idea of who is going to be on the Colts this season. When you look around the roster, if we talk about strength of this team, what position group do you kind of look at and say, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of the best units for the Colts this year, hands down? The linebackers. You know, I just feel like there's so much depth there. We talked about a little bit earlier. If Leonard really is this, like, supersized version of himself, that I don't even know what that looks like. Okereke's in a contract year. You figure he's going to be highly motivated, have a big year. Zaire Franklin's a guy that's become very dependable. I think you know what you're getting from him. Uh, you know, and he's another leader in, in that room. But then you've got depth there with EJ Speed. Uh, they kept JoJo Doman, who I think is is got a lot of special teams utility. But I think he can come out and do a lot of the same things that Zaire Franklin does for this defense as well. So uh, I just feel like it's it's one of the deeper areas on on the team, and you're going to see it early because I don't think you know I never want to bet against Shaquille Leonard. He'll definitely prove us wrong again and again. But I don't think he's going to be out there week one. And if he's not, you're going to see some of that depth. And, and I think it's an area where they're they're okay with that. 
Absolutely right. That's that's we've talked about the the depth concerns and issues on this Colts team. Right, linebackers not one where you're really worrying. And that's also part of the reason why we are both on the same page when it comes to take your time with Shaq Leonard because they do have Zaire Franklin, EJ Speed, who can come in and have have produced and made plays in the absence of Shaquille Leonard, like we saw last year in Arizona on Christmas Day when he missed the game of COVID. You could still come in there and feel good about them producing and not having a massive drop off at the position. I'll go back one further here. I like the secondary a lot this year. You have three really good safeties in Rodney McLeod, Julian Blackman. Maybe we'll say Nick Cross is not a really good safety. That's unfair when he hasn't played a game yet. But at least in training camp, he has shown you some really impressive strides and shown you what a freak athlete this kind of guy is and why the Colts fell love them out of Maryland. You look, obviously, Kenny Moore is a stud on the inside. You have Stephon Gilmore, who you heard Alec Pierce talking about before, how Stephon Gilmore has really given him trouble all throughout training camp because he's just so smart and, and reads routes and kind of knows concepts really well. Isaiah Rogers, I like. Brandon Faison, I like. The depth maybe on, on the corner, on the outside corner, is a little questionable. But overall, secondary-wise, between safety and, and corner, they have a lot of depth there, George, where you add that with the linebackers. That back seven for Indy is really strong and it's going to be a, a real focal point defensively, I think, in a, especially in a pass-happy league with some of the quarterbacks they're playing this year. It's going to be a real strength for this team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the thing about secondary is not just depth. You've got a nice mix of veterans and, and younger guys. And you've got a Kenny Moore and a Stephon Gilmore who've been around. Even Isaiah Rogers Sr. has some time under his belt now. Uh, and then you've got guys like Nick Cross, you know, who are rookies. And, and Backman's an interesting guy in that mix because when he's been out there, he's been very good. And I think his ceiling is is a Pro Bowl. I think he's got that. That's one of the realistic outcomes for him if he has a healthy season. But we haven't seen very much of him. And so from an experience standpoint, he's only got about one year under his belt, probably missed about half of, of you know, each uh, and he, he played most of his rookie year, but he missed that whole offseason. So I'm not right. sure how that worked for him. And then last year he went out in like week six. So he's an interesting guy to me because he's kind of in between those two spots. But I think that's that's how you want it, where you've got that nice blend. You've got the young guys who are up and coming, but you've got those veterans who have kind of proven themselves. The second, there's a one spot on the team where I feel like you really, really see that. On the other side of the ball, I want to get your thoughts on this, George. If we say, if I ask you what the strength of the offense is, I would say quarterback. And I say quarterback because I think this year, the Colts are going to be a team that is pass first, to set up the run. Like last year, it was run first to set up the pass. You know, Jonathan Taylor, the best year of running back, you know, he's, he was number five in terms of the uh, top 100 and voted on by NFL players, all pro. He was tremendous, right? There's not enough accolades to give to Jonathan Taylor. But you look now, you think going into this year, teams around the league will be focusing and keying on stopping Jonathan Taylor after that huge year number two. Now that should, especially on early downs, like first and second down, really allow Matt Ryan to have favorable passing situations where now if you're going to put eight guys in the box, a little play action on first down should leave that defense susceptible to some big plays, even with questions at receiver and tight end. They should get more favorable matchups because Jonathan Taylor is going to be a guy everyone's circling first. And Matt Ryan's a guy that can make the laps and make the plays in order to keep the offense going. And who knows, maybe one broken tackle on a underneath pass can turn into a 60-yard gain and change the, you know, the whole outcome of the drive. I think this is going to be a year... We're really going to rely on the quarterback, especially to kind of open up the run game. Whereas last year, you really kind of saw the run game open up the pass. So I'm curious your thoughts because I think Jonathan Taylor is the best offensive player on this team, without a doubt. But I'm curious your thoughts about that theory. Do you see this kind of being a, a pass first uh, kind of offense? And would you say the strength would be, you know, at the quarterback position? I think the strength is definitely at the quarterback position. I think it's the deepest spot too. I mean, you've got a Super Bowl MVP backing up your your starter. Not many people 
have that, you know, can, can, can point to that. And obviously Foles has, has not had the same kind of career after he left Philadelphia as he did there, but he's got Frank Reich who was there for that Philadelphia run with him now. So I think that position's really going to be the biggest change on offense. And I think that's, that's the most important thing you mentioned earlier, 27 and seven, you know, that's a number that gets thrown around a lot for Carson Wentz last year. The one that sticks out more to me is they were 26th in passing in, in the NFL. I mean, there's not much lower you can go than that. So you get your, they've got to be moving up. If, if it moves down, there's, there's going to be new people here. There's going to be jobs yeah, that are lost. That is so, very true. I mean, it's, you figure it's going to improve. And they were incredibly unbalanced. You had the second best running offense in the NFL last year and a 26th passing game. That's not going to work. You can't do that, you know? And that's why I think absolutely what you said. I don't know if I go so far to say they'll be passed first, but I think they're going to be passed a lot more often than they were a year ago. Uh, I still think they want to establish the run. They still, Jonathan Taylor's obviously going to be a huge part of this. As you, you, you had said that, and that was part of, of, of your point too. You know, Jonathan Taylor's still going to be the best player on this offense. Right. He's still going to be featured. You know, it's not like they're going to go away from him, but I think one of the concerns people have legitimately is what are they going to do to kind of limit his, the wear and tear on him just because it adds, you know, it gets everybody eventually. It finally got even uh, last year, finally got the Titans running back. Whose name yeah, is escaping me for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. You know, it, it everybody falls victim to that sooner or later. I think the way you do that is through what you're talking about. Being a more efficient passing offense, not being 26th in the league when you throw the ball. That's got to change more than anything else on this this team. That has to change. Could not agree more. Like I said, it was it, it was hard to watch at times. Anytime because you knew, especially late in the fourth quarter, defenses would be loading the box. Sometimes it worked against again teams like the Patriots, where he breaks up the big run. But other times, you're right. It's you need the passing game in this NFL to be efficient. And whether it was Frank Reich losing confidence in Carson Wentz at the end, Carson Wentz just losing confidence in himself. That passing offense really did collapse in the second half of the season, but also, too, in the second half of games consistently. Good first half. It's all against Tennessee, against Tampa Bay. Then we needed a big throw late. All of a sudden, nowhere to be found. So, like I said, we, we've talked about Alec Pierce wanting to step up and be relied upon. Also, to that, that comes with the quarterback of being in a position to capitalize when defenses inevitably sell out in order to kind of slow down Jonathan Taylor, the best running back in the NFL heading into 2022. That's for sure. How about a, we won't say weakness, how about a concern heading into uh, this regular season? What position group, um, you can even get specific, you know, if it's interior linemen, interior defensive linemen, maybe one specific receiver position. Where is there the biggest weakness as you concern with this Colts roster heading into 2022? The thing that, that stands out to me the most is the depth on the offensive line. I mean, Dennis Kelly's back, which is good, but he's still not practicing. You know, he, he hasn't practiced since like the second day, first or second day of training camp. So he's another guy that we're not talking about him as much as Shaquille Leonard, but you really don't know when he's going to get out there. And without him, the other four backup linemen have 22 career snaps total. It's all Will Fries. It's mostly from the Arizona game last year. That to me, look, I know Chris Ballard said, Hey, we like these guys. Young guys don't become vets until they play. I understand that kind of thing, but that to me for a team that's all in a team that, that, that wants to be a playoff contender, wants to make noise in a really heavy AFC this year. That's a really concerning thing in, in my mind. I'm going to stick in the trenches, go on the other side of the ball, though. Look, obviously, Unique Ngakwe is a, is a stud coming on in. 
right? You have DeForest Buckner, one of the best players at his position, and Grover Stewart, him, and those two at the middle are a tremendous tag team. But the reason why I look at the defensive line, and I do feel concerned heading into 2022, is kind of twofold. Number one, we know the importance of getting after the quarterback now in the NFL. There's a reason why, it, when it comes to getting paid position-wise, it's quarterback, and then it's defensive end, right? Guys that can get after the quarterback, get him down to the ground. That's the best way to kind of slow down offenses. And for the Colts last year, they struggled mightily in that category, in getting, you know, quarterbacks down to the ground. And while they have the players, at least on the starting front, there's also, to me, a lot of questions about um, if they can truly kind of play up to their level. Ben Banigou, question mark. Dio Adangbo, like, you know, Chris Bauer really liked him coming out and missed half the year last year. Now, can he develop? Tyquan Lewis is shown flashes when he's been healthy, but that's always been a problem. He's had been able to stay on the field on a consistent, you know, basis. Quiddy paid a nice, you know, a strong finish to his rookie year. Now, can he build on top of that? There, there's a lot of potential and raw talent in this unit outside of just, you know, Ngakwe and DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart. But I kind of, I want to see that potential go into actually existence and actually come out on the field. Because especially at that position, I feel like, George, there's always been a lot of potential. The Colts have always been high and drafting a ton of defensive ends, even before the Chris Ballard era started. But they have not panned out. You know, they've oh, preached patience and just get to the point where these guys can't play anymore. It's a very important position. There's a lot of potential there, but because we they're either young or, or been injured, we haven't seen a lot of that potential outside of, again, a few of the main guys. I, that's an area I do look at. And also, too, not just potential. Can they actually come through with it? But also, you look at the schedule. I, we can harp on the schedule a lot. They play a lot of damn good quarterbacks. They play the AFC West, which is loaded with four good quarterbacks. That's going to be one of the ways to slow down this team. You look, we just harped on, right, or, or discussed, the back seven, linebacker secondary is really good. We think could be, you know, the, the two best units on this team, especially defensively. Well, even those great units can cover receivers for eight seconds if there's no pressure on the quarterback. You know, it, their success in a way does depend on the front four getting pressure. And for me, the, the names are there. Just can we see the, the production finally come through? That's something I'm looking at. I'm not ready to say it's there. I got to see it first before I believe it. I think you make a really good comparison between the defensive end situation and the wide receiver situation. It's, it's very similar. You put in Gakwe in that Michael Pittman role. He's the one guy who's gone out and done it. You can find some comparisons. Pay's not a rookie, but there's definitely comparisons there between him and Alec Pierce. Mm -hmm. You see some potential there. You see the, the physical skills, but you need to get it done out there on the field. You know, it's, I think there's a lot of, 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 of similarities there. Tyquan Lewis, you know, injured a lot. Started to really have a breakout year. It looked like last year, and he tears his knee on an interception return. You know, there's a lot of guys in there who you feel like could be good, could come out and do it, but you don't have very many outside of Ngakwe who have done it. And I think that that's absolutely a concern in this league. That's the most important thing. And you really go back to last year's defense. I think they got a bad rap in some ways. They were a better defense, and they were given credit for a lot. But where was the weakness when they when they had breakdowns? Why did it happen? The defensive end spot. They weren't able to get that pressure on the quarterback late in games. And, and it goes back to what you were saying earlier about stats. You can have all these turnovers. I think they had 33 of them. You can be one of the best in the league at that. You can be top 10 in scoring. You can be top 10 in yards. I think they might have been the only team uh, who did that last year on both offense and defense. But if you can't, at the end of the game, if teams are going back and, and, and throwing the ball at will on you and, and erasing deficits, none of the rest of that matters. 
And you've got to have that closer, I guess, is what you're looking for on this team. You've got to have, and it can't just be one because it doesn't work that way in the NFL. You've got to have a couple guys, you know, three, four guys who can come out there and you feel like it's third and long and you got to get off the field and they're going to get it done for you. Right. You need this year Gilmore to be a closer. You're going to need Ngakwe to be a closer. Quiddy Pay to be a closer. Matt Ryan to be a closer. You know, Michael Pittman, we know can do it. Can anyone else be a closer outside him? You're right. That that word is going to be key this year. That might be the, the the word and the definition that will define this Colts season. Can they close? You're right. They can light up the scoreboard. They can light up the box score all they want in the first half and the first three quarters. A big, you know, um, reason for their lack of success, missing the playoffs and kind of crumbling the way they did was you go back to all their losses. A common theme was right. Not closing the door, the Ravens game, the Raiders game, the Buccaneers game, the Titans game, like, like almost every loss is them having a lead in the first half, having a lead in the second half and not finishing the job, not making that one play on either offense or defense to put the game away. Close. That is the definition. I like that, George, of the 2022 season. Who will be the closers? Who will not be? You hope oh, on paper, looks like they've done a good job. Chris Ballard has and Frank Reich has uh, of bringing some closers in that should, you know, make those game changing plays to go in the Colts' favor this year compared to last year. But we all know the hype has been there before, the excitement has been there before, but we got to see it on the field. We are getting closer, George, just about a week away. From week one in Houston, speaking of closing, can we put a close on this drought for the Colts and and being since 2013, not winning a, an opener. It's going to be a great test to start. That is for sure in terms of closing out one of those streaks. As always, make sure you're liking and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Podcast. In the meantime, though, make sure you're following George on Twitter at GM Bremer. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. The next time you'll be listening to this podcast, folks, guess what? It's going to be game week. We got an opponent to look at. We got some, you know, some positional breakdowns to look at and actually some projections on how the Colts will be in 2022. So make sure you stay tuned. We'll bring it back and get you ready for the 2022 season when the Blue Horseshoe Pod returns.